Hey there, I'm Emlyn Miles Mattingly, your host for the Minority Money Podcast. I'm glad you're here. You know why? Because this is the place you can come to get your weekly finance, family, and fitness motivation, not only to experience success in those areas for yourself, but also to help others in our community achieve greatness too. Super happy that you're on the show with me. So let's jump right in. Welcome back to the Minority Money Podcast. I'm your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. And today is going to be a solo episode. I want to get this episode out to you guys because it's been a long time coming and it's kind of crazy, right? As I start talking about this, you'll see what I mean. But I do not have, like I was looking through the library of podcasts that we've had. It's been a great year. And as I was looking at it, I do not have a personal financial planning episode from me. Like we have some financial planning for families. We have like life planning, but we didn't have financial planning according to what I thought about it and why I think it's so important. So today, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about what financial planning is, why it's so important. And also we're going to talk about financial planning and investments, what the differences are. And make sure you stay on until the end where I explain why I made the change to be fee only. After starting in the industry as commission-based, then moving to fee-based, and then finally settling in and becoming a fee-only financial advisor. Hope you guys are ready for this. So wanted to start out with what financial planning is. And when you think about financial planning, there's so many different things that get lumped in and called financial planning. But according to the CFP board, financial planning is a collaborative process that maximizes a client's potential for meeting life's goals through financial advice that integrates relevant elements of the client's personal and financial circumstances. And so the reason why I started by giving that definition is because in the very definition of financial planning, it says to make sure that we look at the relevant elements of the client's personal. And it separated the personal side from the financial circumstances. Those were two things that were working together. And what I think gets lost sometimes with personal financial planning is the fact that it's very, very personal. And so a lot of times I'll hear clients come to me and they'll ask about something they may have heard on social media or something they may have seen on TV or something that was broad stroking advice. And it wasn't something that was personal to them. I mean, I think it's good to be able to hear other people's opinions. But, you know, you have to take that with the same understanding that you couldn't take. This is a great example that I want to give you. When you go to the doctor, you go in and they kind of get a baseline. Sometimes they'll take your temperature. They're doing your height. They do your weight. They do a lot of different things. But when you get down to the point where they're actually going to diagnose you and then prescribe you something to take, they have to take account for everything that they're prescribing you. So they'll go through some of those baseline tests, like I said, sometimes they'll check your blood pressure. Sometimes they're checking your height. Sometimes they're checking your weight. Sometimes they're checking your cholesterol, what have you. They're going to do all those things. But the reason why they do that is because they are going to prescribe something personal for you. It's incredible, right? The thing that the doctor has to do is make a personal prescription where they have to sign off saying that this is what I'm prescribing to Imlin. This is just for him. We don't do that in the financial planning profession, but it might be something that we may have to take on because I think there's a lot of people out there taking prescriptions of advice from people that it wasn't prescribed to you. 
it wasn't made specifically for you. So we have to continue to think and understand and know that personal financial planning is just that it's personal. So let's talk about what it is. What is financial planning? According to, once again, we're using the CFP board as our kind of standard for what financial planning is. There'll be some different schools of thoughts, but this is going to be the absolute standard, if you will. Now, there'll be some things that are going to be different across different places, but this is the standard. So in a financial plan, there's seven steps. With the seven steps, the first step is understanding the client's personal and financial circumstances. Step two, identifying and selecting goals. Step three, analyzing the client's current course of action and potential alternative courses of action. Step four, developing the financial plan recommendations. Step five, presenting the financial plan. Step six, implementing the financial plan recommendations. And in my opinion, one of the most important parts of the financial planning process is monitoring and updating the planned progress. So the reason why I went through that is because it's a very, very specific process that you go through when you're doing financial planning. And so to go through those steps, it really, really kind of breaks down the financial element of what's going on in your specific financial situation. And so the personal side that comes on after that is only uncovered, I think, by great questions that you have to have your financial professional asking you. Now, I'm not going to sit here and claim that I made these questions up, but I have some questions that I like to use. And two of the questions that I like to use to get the personal side of it, because the numbers are the numbers, right? We know what the numbers are. I can look at what someone's putting into their retirement plan, whether it's 401k, a 403b, a 457, or whatever other tax IRS code type of retirement plan you have. I can figure all that stuff out. But the personal side, understanding two questions that I like to ask. I ask more than just these two, but these are two that I like to ask. What is your first memory of money? What this question does for me is it really allows the client time to really think about what that first memory was. And then we start to unpack what that memory means. The follow-up question I ask, what does money mean to you? Now, money can mean a lot of things to you. It can mean wealth. It can mean security. It can mean freedom. It can mean a number of different things. But what does that wealth mean to you? It doesn't matter what it means to your friend. It doesn't matter what it means to your coworker. It doesn't even matter what it means to some of your other family members because this is your personal financial plan. So this is why I think it's so important because there's so many different things out there that people are saying. And we can be swayed back and forth by whatever financial winds or financial talking heads are saying that day. So it's important to have your opinions or your plan rooted in the personal and financial circumstances that are specific to you. So that leads me to the next thing. Why I think, in my opinion, investments differ from financial planning. So most of us have some type of investment experience. Even though we don't think of it as an investment experience, most people do have some type of investment experience, especially as you enter into the workforce and maybe you've graduated college, you're in your mid-20s and you go get that first real good job. And we'll talk about the real good job like as, you know, the first time you got a job that had benefits. I remember my first job that had benefits. I started at that job when I was 24. So 24 years old, get my first real job. I'm doing that with air quotes where I have benefits. Now I'm going to have 
Actually, I had a 401k when I first started at the bank. So most people's investment experience is going to start at your employer. And it's going to start with your company 401k, right? Or with 403b and we can go all the stuff that I mentioned earlier. You have had investments, right? Now let's talk about other things that you may do. Sometimes people may start, you know, you listen to some talking heads and you say, you know, I'm going to do an index mutual fund, which I totally agree with. I think index mutual funds are great. This is not a recommendation. I'm just telling you, I think they're great. They're inexpensive and it's a great way to get your toe into the water of investing. And so typically it's going to start with your company 401k or your retirement plan from your company, whether it's an IRA or what have you, whatever retirement vehicle that you're investing in. From there, it's typically going to go into maybe some mutual fund or maybe you have a Robinhood account, you're doing some individual stocks and you start doing your investing that way. I think those are all great things that you can do. But remember, as we said, personal finance is personal. Make sure it's something that's personal for you. One thing that I did hear Ryan say in our last episode is he said, invest in things that you own. So if you're a big Apple person, if you're a big Nike person, if you're a big Lululemon person, shout out to my wife, she loves Lululemon. If you're one of those brands that you like, then use those. Now, let's understand this. Just because you have an investment doesn't mean you have a plan. And I'll say that again, just because you have an investment, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have a financial plan. So what happens a lot is someone comes in to see me because investments are always the sexy thing to talk about, right? Everybody wants to talk about the stock market. Everybody wants to talk about Apple. Everybody wants to talk about Google. Some people like Alibaba. I got people that are coming to me to talk about the pharmaceutical stocks, like what pharmaceutical stock, what's the next big thing? And what happens is we get caught up in that and we don't spend the time to look at our own personal financial circumstances and our own personal financial situation. That's great. You started your investment and I think that's a good place to start, but I think there's a lot more work to do. And so when you're talking about what's going on in a financial plan, whereas what you do in investment, you know, you kind of set it. And I mean, unless you're doing day trading, you kind of just set it and forget it. But that doesn't mean that life doesn't stop happening. The things that you cover in a financial plan, what happens when you have your first child, get married, have that first child. Now it's time to send the kids to school. Do we want the kids to go to college? That's going to take planning. We want to purchase our first home. That's going to take planning. We want to make sure that we have all of the right insurances. We want to make sure we have the right life insurance. We want to make sure we have the right homeowner's insurance. We want to make sure we have the right car insurance, liabilities. We want to make sure all that stuff's taken care of. That's financial planning. And I think that there's a false sense of security in having investments without having the financial planning. Because I don't believe that the investments without financial planning are going to be as effective. I'd even go out to say that if you have a good financial plan, it's going to lead you to making the right type of investments. Where the flip side, if you have just investments without a financial plan, there's still going to be some mistakes that can possibly be made with the investments you have or with other financial things that may come up in your life. So let's make sure that we understand that investments are just part of the puzzle when it comes to your financial circumstances. And we want to make sure that those things are personal. So I said all that to say this to get to the fee structures. There's key differences in different fee structures that you will see out there with other financial advisors. I'm not talking bad about any of them. 
Okay. Let's just say that from the outset, because I've worked in every one of these capacities at some point in my career. And when I got to this point in my career, I thought that it was best for me to become fee only. I thought it was just better for me to do that. So that's why I made that choice. I'll get more into that at the end of this podcast, but I wanted to make sure that we know that I'm not downplaying or down talking any of these other places or other ways that people get paid or financial advisors get paid. However, we will bring up some of the pros and cons to each of them. So first thing is we'll talk about commission-based. Now I'll say this, mostly this is going to be your insurance advisors. And I'm saying mostly, I'm just saying, well, I'm not saying all, but mostly are going to work on commission. Now we know how commission works. You meet someone, they sell you a product and the company pays them a commission for selling you a product, whether it's life insurance, whether it's annuities, even on mutual funds, some of them are paid on commission. So there's nothing wrong with that. However, the conflict of interest can come up because when you are putting together a financial plan for someone and you're not paid for the plan, you're only paid for the commission that you make on the products that you sell, there could be an underlying conflict of interest because when the plan is developed, the questions may arise on whether or not the plan was developed just to sell the product or the plan was developed in the best interest of the client. That is all I'll say about that. That is for, I believe, you to work out with the financial advisor that you're working with and ask those questions about how the commission is paid. There's nothing wrong with asking that question. I think it's a very, very good question. The next one is going to be fee-based. Now, fee-based planners are going to be mostly your investment type investor planners. And I say mostly because I do leave some of the people that are outliers on this, but mostly these are going to be firms that may have a minimum, maybe 250, maybe 500, maybe a million. They may also not have a minimum, but typically you're going to see it's going to be based on the fees that they charge you from the investments that they have underlying with the products they sell you. So same thing with the other advisor. They're going to be able to do some financial planning for you. Then they'll have investment fees that are associated with the amount of money that you have invested with them. We can just say, let's just take a $250,000 account, just for an example. And that fee would be 1% on that account. That 1% fee is going to be about 2500 bucks, And that is how their income is based for the advisor. That's how they're paid. They're paid on the fee that's associated with the account that you have. Now, typically when you have a fee-based person, they can do commissionable products too. So that's where you're going to get your annuities and you're going to have your life insurance sales and things of that nature. Now, I've worked in that capacity as well. And then that leads us to the last one, you know, the big three, at least we'll say, is fee only. Now, with fee only, this is mostly with financial planning based advisors. When I say that, I mean that planners that are really going to focus on that financial plan, they may not even do investments in some cases. Some fee only planners do not do investments, so they won't even have the ability to make investment. Rec- I mean, they can make the investment recommendations, but they will not custody or take in your investment dollars and charge you for that. They will only charge you for the advice, okay? The reason why I think financial planning at a fee-based is minimizes the conflicts of interest is because it is fee-only, meaning the only way they're paid is by the fee that they charge you directly to your client. There's no big company behind them. 
that is going to pay them for selling you any particular product. It is you working directly with them to minimize conflicts of interest. Now, conflicts of interest can still arise, especially when the advisor is giving you advice on something that can pull money away from them. But I think it's important for the advisor to be able to continue in that fiduciary role to tell you, look, this is what I believe is in the best interest for you. And then be honest about that, you know, being completely honest. Let's just paint this picture. In my firm, we do investment management and we do financial planning. We're not fee-based, we're fee-only. So we just charge a fee on the investments. And let's say we have a case where the client has a home. Say they have $250,000 invested with me. They have $100,000 left on their mortgage. And it makes sense based on their personal and financial circumstances for them to take $100,000 out of their account to pay off the rest of their mortgage so that they would be able to meet some of the other financial goals they have. It's my job as their planner to say, hey, you know what? I know we're going to take this money out of the retirement account, which honestly is going to you know, change the way I'm compensated. However, it is what's best for the client. And so in that case, there is a possibility of having a conflict of interest, but they're minimal. So I wanted to say that. And so the reason why I made my change to fee only is because when I was working with clients, as we continued to work through things, and this is when I was working at an insurance company and we would go in and people come in to get insurance, you know, something happens, maybe someone they know had a close you know, either passed away or had a near-death experience or something just really grabbed the hold of them and said they need to get life insurance. And so a lot of clients would come in and do that. And I'd sell them life insurance policy. I'd make my commission. They'd be happy. We got that figured out. And then they'd move on. And what would happen is then they would call me back and say, hey, you know, it's open enrollment at my job. Can you help me with my company benefits? Because I remember you talking about that. Yeah, sure. Let's get together. Let's do that. So we go through the company benefits. Because I don't know if there's anyone out there that really understands their company benefits through and through. You know, you get those packets, you pick what insurance you're going to get for your life, for your health insurance, you figure out what deductibles you're going to have, you figure out your HSA, we do all that. Okay. So then something else would come up. Then they'd say, hey, what about the investments in my 401k? So now we're talking about the investments in the 401k that they have. Hey, I was thinking about it. We just got married. We're getting ready to have a kid. And now we're thinking about how do we put money away for our new child that is going to go to school? And they're talking about college planning. So now we're talking about that. So now they come back and we do some college planning. Or they have a family member that is getting ready to retire and they are not working with someone. So now they send them to me. These are all things that happen in a financial plan when someone comes to you to seek, you seek you out for financial planning. Now, a lot of times people will seek me out and they're trying to talk to me about investments. When we talk, I find out that they probably are better suited for a financial plan because there's a lot of things going on in their life at the time, whether it's advising on taxes, whether it's advising on whether or not you should purchase a home or rent a home, all of these on-time financial conversations that are very personal and circumstantial based on what's going on in your life. This is why I made the choice to change to being fee only. Because what was happening is I was finding out people would come to me to have the insurance conversation 
we would take care of that. And there's a form of gratification or satisfaction from being able to accomplish that particular goal at that time. However, they weren't getting to some of the other things and they were never getting back to those because they had just felt like they had enough comfort in that one product. And so what I started to do was have more in-depth conversations and talking about what money meant to my clients and how those decisions they would make on what does it look like renting versus buying and really go through an in-depth analysis of like, this is how much money we're spending because renting is sometimes better than buying. It's not always the best to buy a house. And I'll be the first to tell you that. I think those on-time conversations is what financial planning is all about. And investments have their place, but it's only, in my opinion, inside of a financial plan. If I'm a planner, and this is for financial planners out there, if you're looking at the way to make the biggest impact in your life, or if you're a client and you want to have the maximum impact in your personal financial circumstance, I think that it's going to be done through financial planning. This is what my opinion is. And I just wanted to put that out there, whether you're listening to this and you're a consumer or you're listening to this and you're a planner, really, really think about what is best for you and make this financial plan personal. So that was it. Just wanted to give that to you. Personal financial planning is very, very personal. Wanted to bring that to you today. Wanted to give you one parting gift. The Minority Money merch is up and going. So Minority Money merch is out there for you. You can find that on minoritymoneymerch.com. That's minoritymoneymerch.com. We have some great stuff there. It's clothes to match the mindset. As we talk about these financial principles and these different money topics, we want to have something that we can wear to remind us that we have to secure the bag, to remind us that we are patiently stacking, to remind us that we're making our kids rich. And with that, we're signing off. This is Emlyn Miles Mattingly, your host for the Minority Money Podcast, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. Another great showdown, but it doesn't have to stop there. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast app you're listening on now and give it a good rating, would you? If you feel really connected to the podcast, which I hope you do, find our Facebook community, Minority Money VIP, to support and be supported by others just like you. And again, we're glad to have you. While this podcast is meant to inspire and motivate you to live your best life, it can't be your complete one-stop shop. I know, I know, that really sucks but I don't know anything about your specific situation. So please reach out to an attorney or CPA, or you can reach out to me, a financial planner, to help you with your specific situation. To get a hold of us, please reach us at fan at Minority Money Podcast. That's F-A-N at Minority Money Podcast, so we can get to know you there. Thanks for being here, and until next time, 